listener, are dead. Your life on Earth has ended and you're now on the next phase of your existence in the universe. Now, there's a good place and there's a bad place and then there's Australia. Welcome to Everything is Bonza, a fair dink and weekly look at The Good Place. We're your architects, Wendy and Amy, and this week we visit Season 4, Episode 1, A Girl from Arizona, Part 1. So, welcome to Everything is Bonza. Thank uh, you. <laughs> Wendy. <laughs> Um, so this is really after three seasons of The Good Place, which we both love. Yes, um, obsessively. We, <laughs> we just really needed someone to talk to about it. Yeah, well, I gathered I was starting to annoy some of my friends with my obsessions and I didn't have enough friends to talk about it with. So <laughs> I knew I would get obsessed with this next season and I asked Amy if she'd do a podcast with me and she was crazy enough to agree. <laughs> Look, you could have asked me to do anything. You were very persuasive. Um, I think it's season four too, which is the final season. They've yeah. been very public about that. So it's actually good to sh- go on a journey together because we're going to be, there's going to be tears. When yeah. We, I yeah. feel like there's going to be tears. Yeah. <laughs> so welcome to Everything is Bonza, uh, which we have named lovingly after episode one and two of season three. Yes, and also because we're Australian and we just we just love that this, this TV series featured Australia in one of the seasons and we feel like the under, underdogs often of the world. So it was, it was really nice to see that. It was really <laughs> nice for them to be in Australia and really frustrating to see, to hear yeah. how few Australian accents there were. No one can ever do an Australian accent. No, it's quite difficult. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, Trevor Noah can kind of do it, but... He's but he's South has, African, so yeah. that's really... He's got a... a He's got a he's got a leg up on Americans. Up, that's the word. Yeah, <laughs> true. Or even British people. Actually, I was talking to a friend last night about it, and he said even hearing a British person trying to do an Australian accent is frustrating because it's closer than an American accent, but it's there's still enough that you can tell it's not right. That it's so, wrong. Yeah. yeah. No, definitely. While I was living overseas, and inevitably people would be like, "Oh, where are you from?" And mm. they never pick Australia. They always pick Kiwi or South mm. African. And it's really frustrating because I think we actually have a really unique tenor and timbre. I'm saying that word wrong. Timbre. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but um, no one seems to be able to nail it down, and I think no. that's because it can be so different depending on where you are from in Australia. And we tend to mimic other people as well. So we take on other accents. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes people will wonder if I'm American after I've been listening to an American podcast. Or <laughs> I did spend three months in America, but that shouldn't have an effect. No, I think we're very, we're, we're chameleons when it yeah. comes to accents. So uh, definitely it's a bit of a struggle. But anyway, enough about Australian accents. Yeah. The rest of the series is great. Yes. <laughs> Australian accents aside. It is a great series and we're very excited to be talking about it. I love the way they take ideas and twist them and turn them and you never quite know what's coming next. And yes. And like, they teach you ethics without you yeah. even knowing. I know. It makes me feel smarter watching <laughs> I feel like I've become a better person in this whole journey. Um, I feel I want to read books by Immanuel Kant. Oh, God, don't do that to yourself, man. <laughs> Have you ever read them? Yeah. Really? Horrible. I did, yeah, I did a philosophy course, man, in my ah, undergrad. Okay. And it... It's, it hurts your brain. There's a reason people don't like moral philosophy professors because yeah. it's really painful. I do know philosophers who are quite tortured. Yeah. <laughs> I remember doing an assignment where I basically spent the whole thing arguing against myself. Yeah. Um, and that's basically philosophy, which I love because it means I get to argue. Yeah. But it's, it's quite frustrating to do an assignment on it, to be fair. I find it frustrating with when talking to philosophers that they never have a concrete answer for anything. No. They always ask questions and they're always big questions and you're like, but what does that mean? Yeah, but what does that mean? That's the point. <laughs> it's about you finding the answer within yeah. yourself, Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so good place. Uh, everything is bonza. 
Uh, you are now listening to episode one, which we are reviewing, as Wendy said, season four, episode one, A Girl from Arizona, part one. So a really quick series recap to bring you up to speed to where we are. When Eleanor Shellstrop finds herself in the afterlife, she's both relieved and surprised that she's made it into the good place. But it doesn't take long for Eleanor to realise she's there by mistake. She hides in plain sight from the good place's architect Michael and his all-knowing assistant Janet. Her seemingly perfect neighbours, Tahani and Jason, and open-hearted soulmate Chidi help her realise that it's never too late to change. And with the help of her new friends and a few enemies along the way, Eleanor becomes determined to shed her old way of life in the hopes of discovering a new one in the afterlife. So each episode uh, tackles a new philosophical or ethical question with humour and warmth. And across three glorious seasons, we've literally been to hell, Australia and back on a journey to discover the nature of the afterlife and if anyone is really worthy of the good place. Uh, when we last saw the Team Cockroach at the end of season three, mm. um, they found themselves in the constructed, back in the constructed good place, attempting to recreate the circumstances that saw them develop from medium people to better than medium people and to prove that humans have the capacity to change for the better. We're introduced to two of the four new souls to be saved, gossip columnist, John Wheaton, and a familiar face to us, Simone Garnett, uh, a.k.a. Chidi's ex-girlfriend. Now, this is a ethical conundrum for Chidi. Uh, he's very tortured about having broken up with Simone in the first place. So in order to save the experiment, Chidi offers to have his memory wiped, effectively erasing his rediscovered love for Eleanor, which is devastating to Eleanor. Now, cue season four, where are we, Wendy? What happened in... A Girl from Arizona, part one. Okay, so in this latest episode, Eleanor has taken on the role as the Good Place architect, welcoming the new human new humans to the test neighbourhood. First up, she welcomes Chidi, whose memories of the Soul Squad were erased at the end of last season. The next human to arrive is Linda, a dull elderly Norwegian woman who is only mildly pleased about her arrival in the Good Place. Can I say how excited I was by her? She was oh, actually really? delightful. Yeah, really annoying, you know, but delightful. I was suspicious of her because she didn't have a Norwegian accent. They also said, true. And her name yeah. was so generic. Uh, Linda Johansson. It was at least a Norwegian surname. True. <laughs> true. Continue. Okay. <laughs> um, the last human to arrive is Brent, a golf-loving businessman who thinks PC culture has gone too far. Does that remind you of anyone? <laughs> <laughs> um, I won't name names. We catch up with Simone, the neuroscientist from Australia, and Chidi's ex-girlfriend. She doesn't believe she's dead and thinks the good place is her brain just playing tricks on her. Meanwhile, Derek keeps escaping from Mindy St. Clair's house to attempt to win back Janet and make Jason jealous. On flying day, Linda goes out on a violent rampage and Sean admits that he sent shirtless demon Chris Baker to pose as Linda. In a Linda skin suit. <laughs> I love the look that Eleanor gave when he took off his shirt and she's like, just leave it off. <laughs> Jen rules that Chidi will be the fourth human in the experiment and Michael and Janet put demon Chris Baker back on the train to the bad place. Dun, dun, dun. So, Amy, what did you think of this episode? Look, I really enjoyed it. It was so good to be back in the good place and to have that warm, fuzzy feeling of anticipation. Um, I really... Linda annoyed the living shit out of me and I realised that was the point. Yes. Like, it was, she was so frustrating and I was like, yes, this is perfect, actually. She is a perfect character for these guys to yeah. try and convert or make better. Um, the fact that she was in a demon... was a demon in a skin suit was mildly depressing but also we got to see Chris Baker with his shirt off again. I didn't realise until watching it for the third time that she asked for a fitness centre and then it made <laughs> sense because Chris always would go to the gym to the in gym. previous episodes. It was his default escape route. Yeah. <laughs> I will say though I felt like it was a bit flat. It was very perfunctory. It was very um, it was really a setting it up 
for yeah. the next episode, which given it's a part one, I'm not surprised. Like part two I think is going to flesh it out a hell of a lot more because it lacked yeah. kind of the pizzazz that the previous season particularly had. But I think that's not a bad thing because the previous season particularly was so fast-paced and mm. so much happened yeah. that it's hard to sustain that. So to slow it right back down was probably a good thing. Yeah, I mean I felt the same way about the beginning of last season and then it eventually got going and got interesting again. So I, I wasn't disappointed in this episode. Like it like you said, it it wasn't kind of life changing, but it was sweet and it had all the the different characteristics of the everyone involved that we love and yeah. um Definitely good. focused on Eleanor and Michael a hell of a lot more. Yeah, yeah. Um which I'm not not sad about. Again, first episode. But they're I, really cute together. They are so <laughs> cute. And they work so well as a comedic pair. Yeah. Yeah. I love that bit where Eleanor's Michael says cool and then Eleanor's what and he's like no no he says oof oof and then he's like cool oof <laughs> she, yeah she comes in depressed yeah. and, and he's like uh, she's like he forgot my Chidi forgot my name and he's, right. he goes oof and she's like I beg your pardon <laughs> <laughs> it's a really nice dynamic and their little their yeah. pseudo fight at the party as well where he's like are you still muttering under your breath no <laughs> <laughs> I, I like how she's like dressing like she's a team leader now even when when they're at the party she was you know dressed very conservatively I think she might have been wearing pearls even or something like that yeah she's her style is really changing to suit her um personality changing she's stepping up which Mm. is a really big leap for her character because this is a like it's well it's not she's always been the team leader she's always been like the person that rallies the the group mm. but for her to kind of take it on in an official capacity and to relish the role yeah. is really cool to see because she was such an anti-group person before oh yeah 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 because at school she was like i'm not gonna be a member of any group you can all bug off yeah she didn't even like people giving her a birthday cake yeah right yeah. and th- now this time she's actually intentionally putting herself front and center yeah but she's still really struggling with that role as well because you can see some of the old behaviors come through yeah. when she's challenged with these horrible people that she has to save. Yeah. <laughs> but I think anyone would be challenged when meeting Linda and Brent. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think Brent, one of the good things about any Michael Shaw um, show is that it's very um, relevant to mm. the time that's been, re- yeah. been released. Like, Brent is totally a person that exists. Like, he's definitely yeah. a bit more of a caricature, but he... Is he really, though? I don't think he <laughs> is. I think it's pretty true to a lot of people, you know, a lot of people out there. Well, I think the delivery makes it a really, really viable character. Like, the, yeah. the actor just sells it so well. And that's what they've always been really good at, is picking really great actors to fill these characters. Yeah. I was thinking about this recently. Like, in the last series, they kind of alluded to Brexit. Um, but they've never really mentioned American politics. And I think I feel like this is the closest thing that's kind of come to the sort of people that love a certain president. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. You know, he plays golf. He is very, I don't know, he, like, he, like he said, he, he kind of was glad that he died because journalists were poking around in his past and <laughs> something about secretaries and, yeah. He's an interesting <laughs> character and I think it'll be really interesting to see what they do with him. And I think the combination too between John, mm-hmm. Brent and Simone and then Cheedy where you've got two 
inherently lovable characters who yeah. are Simone and Chidi. And then you've got these two people who we don't know very well at all mm. and are going to have to learn to love. It. And we've only got one season to do it, so I'm going to be really interesting to see what they do with it. Yeah. Well, okay, I want to go back to Chidi, and I was really excited to see his Good Place house for the yes! first time. And it was, like, I really liked it. I would like to live there. <laughs> I want <laughs> the bookcase! Books. I know, I know, and these lamps. And did you see his, like, bookends? They were, uh, I don't know, it was kind of like the, not the, like the Pantheon or the Coliseum, col- like, Collins. Oh, or, really? Oh, it might have been an American political thing. Um, uh, I wasn't paying that much Okay. I just looked at the couch and went, I want to read there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I loved that he was so excited. Yes! And he loved discovering, the, you know, the good place landscape and... Yeah, I'm torn about him and Eleanor because I do like Simone. <laughs> I'm really interested to see how that plays out because yeah. they didn't have a good first impression in this yeah. episode yeah. Um, where they're effectively meeting for the first time in heaven or in the good place, sorry. Um, but they don't have doesn't they don't seem to have soulmates mm. in this iteration of the good place either. Yeah. So I'm going to be interested to see how that pans out and whether or not they try and thread a love triangle between Chidi, Eleanor and Simone, given that Simone and Chidi are obviously very opposite ends of their enthusiasm for the good place spectrum. Yeah. Like, Chidi's 100% committed. He's like, yeah, I'm in the good place. And Simone's like, I'm in a coma. (laughs) Yeah, but she's still really excited about what her brain's doing. She's like, I really want it to be her friend because she seems like a really, like, fun but grounded person. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think it posits a really interesting question about science and religion, though, because if you are someone who doesn't inherently believe in the afterlife and then you're suddenly told you're in the afterlife, you're going to push against that somehow. And so for Simone, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my brain's deteriorating and throwing out weird shit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm there. Yeah. She thinks she's in a coma, so she's just doing... But that was... Yeah. It was really interesting to see. I was not expecting her to, to just, like, love playing around and, and doing crazy things in the good place um, to sort of rebel against what she thinks is not the reality, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, no, 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 it totally does. I love that she actually continues doing science within yes. her mental space. I'm testing the physics of my yeah, hallucination. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was great. It was so good. And it, it's it's really nice to see not such a – I mean, I think we had a bit more of a seamless entry for our four original um, characters of Tahan- uh Tahani, I nearly called her Tahini. <laughs> she would have loved that. Tahani, Jason, Eleanor and Chidi, mm. where they just seem to accept that they were in the good place, mm. even though Jason has no idea what's going on half the time. Yeah. Whereas these four characters, not everybody just immediately accepts it. They're actually challenging these systems straight up. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, Simone has definitely challenged it. Br- Brent was pretty much, oh, yeah, that's good. Um, (laughs) but he I don't think this is where I'm really interested in them as new characters because Mm. the original four weren't inherently bad I think Eleanor was was the (laughs) the worst behaved because she knew her behavior was bad yeah but the rest of them didn't know that their behavior was bad even Jason he was just too stupid to get it yeah whereas these ones they know their behavior is kind of apparent abhorrent yeah you know yeah, and I, I think they're sort of grateful that they have made it to the good place. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they're not questioning. That's why I think Linda was so interesting. For her to mm. not care mm. would have been a really interesting um, uh, contrast to the rest of them. You mean if she was to stay and wasn't actually a demon? Correct, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. She wasn't a demon. Yeah. I did not see that coming at all. Yeah, the, definitely the punch gave me a bit of a jump. <laughs> 
I definitely wasn't expecting her to be Chris, but yeah, I was I was thinking there was something a bit off with her. It, it was it was a good reveal. I have yeah. to say, it was very funny, very funny. Um, I loved the elephant made of light. <laughs> Shirley Temple killed JFK. <laughs> um, I, I was listening to the this morning listening to the official Good Place podcast, and they said that their like special effects supervisor. Um, you know, they went to him and said, could you create a baby elephant made of light? And he's like, yeah, sure. And then later on when they said, could you create a cocktail glass that um, Derek bites into and sort of falls apart? And he's like, oh, that's a bit tricky. And so they end up do- doing it like made of sugar, the top yep. bit. Yep. Um, because he said when like humans are involved, it's much harder to make those effects. A physical effect yeah, is harder yeah. than a digital one. That's really interesting. Yeah. I quite like um, Derek's new role. Uh, in the good place as well, oh, being a, he's, he's the evil. foil to Jason, which yeah. I found. Jason really stepped up in this episode. He made yeah. some really good moral um, judgments. He he's he's starting to mature. You're finally starting to see him mature, yeah. and then Derek comes in and just like punches him in his ethical solar plexus and is like, ha ha, this is not going to work out for you at all. I think, Der- uh, not Derek, I think Jason is underrated because you know they all make fun of him being not the smartest guy in the world, but he's actually really warm and empathetic and he kind of brings them all together and he does say a lot of truthful things. He does. He's surprisingly, he's a bit of an idiot savant Mm. at times. Not all the time. He is an idiot who went into a locked safe with a friggin' scuba diving mask. Snorkel mask. I don't know if I want to call him an idiot. I just think his (laughs) his brain got sort of fried at a certain age and like if you think of him as as like a seven-year-old, it makes sense. Sure. Like, yes, to be fair, he did go to high that. school on a tugboat in a junkyard. Yeah. Yeah. He's just not that well educated. But but strangely, perhaps the most emotionally intelligent of them all in some ways. Am I, I think no? that's a bit of a reach. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely he, he's had a lot of growth between the last episode of season three and the first episode of season four. Yeah. <laughs> mm. um, I really want to see Disco Janet. Really? Yeah. I really hope they bring her in one of the episodes. I imagine that Disco Janet will look like Olivia Newton-John from like the Xanadu era. I just <gasps> think she'll have yes. rollerblades. And the in one of the um, official podcast episodes, uh, they the costume designer said that Bad Janet was kind of modelled on Olivia Newton-John in Greece. In the nice. So I think they should keep the Olivia Newton-John John going. Connection. The Aussie, Another Australian Aussie connection. connection. <laughs> Uh, that's very exciting. I want to. I'm interested to see what they do with Mindy St. Clair too, because I think mm. if anyone has the potential for growth, yeah. it's her. Yeah. Um, and them now being in such close proximity to her, I think she could be the dark horse of the series where they actually have an opportunity to help her. Is she that bad though? She's pretty bad, man. How many times did she kill Derek? Yeah, but Derek's not human. Does it matter <laughs> if you keep? Well, this Derek? is the question. If he's a sentient being, this uh, and this is where I think. We can talk about this about what the moral eth- and the ethics are of Janet and okay. and Derek because over the course of the season, mm. Janet has obviously come into sentience, and Derek is moving in that direction as well. So, what responsibility do the humans then have to AI and to robots yeah. and or not robots? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yes. So, I I wonder like. He, he doesn't feel pain, sure, mm-hmm. but the act of purposely killing them in, mm. and th- for all intents and purposes killing mm. them, mm. Um, that's that's a problem for Jason. That's a dark mark on on his behaviour. Yeah, it is It is very vengeful, which is 
not yeah. No, it's, it's not, not great. Mm. And it was for personal gain too. So Yeah, that's true. So, I, I, I mean, Mindy, Mindy's got room for growth, so I'll yeah. be interested to see if that is tapped into. Yeah, I, I do like her. She's very caring. Like, she can sometimes not be caring, but underneath she is essentially quite caring. <laughs> the way she articulates it is... is yeah. Yeah. Well, she's, yeah, she's <laughs> blunt. She's blunt, but... Well, so overall, happy with the episode? Yeah, I'm happy. I'm looking forward to the next one. Um, I felt like the ending was was well. You know what? I'm I'm worried that Michael has been swapped on the train. I've been worried about that for Janet. Yeah, I think both of them may have been influenced by something and something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was yeah. I was very much don't go on the train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit worried about that. I think Eleanor's being a bit of a whiny bench. But th- there's a beautiful moment in the office where um, she comes back in and they're like, how are you, bud? And she's like, this is all terrible. And then Tahani's like, I'm going to embrace you and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> and then Jason's like, I'm going to embrace you because my hands are cold. Yeah, I really liked that because they were all like, they're really a team now and they're caring for each other. And It was really lovely to see all of yeah. them kind of there supporting her without her asking for it, Yeah, which was really lovely. Yeah. Um, and for her to be challenged by it, but now also to accept it. And I think it shows her growth as a character that she just accepted that mm. instead of fighting against it, which she would have done if she was in season one and the horrible Eleanor version that we've previously seen. Yeah. Yeah. I do like how um, Samarine just like pushes people into pools and pushes cakes off, off tables because if you're, you know, if you think you're in a coma or you think something's not real or if, it, if you're in Groundhog Day and it's like the end of the world, you would like do stuff that you can't normally do, like smash windows. I've sort of thought about this. Smash windows <laughs> or like just tip over things. That's fair. Because you don't have to clean it up. Definitely the most Australian moment, I think. Mm. What do you think? Oh, yeah, just her whole outfit. Maybe like wearing a cheese on her head. That's, <laughs> Australians tend to wear questionable hats. <laughs> So um, it was certainly very Aussie behaviour there. Yeah. Which I've never quite understood. Is Simone Smith supposed to be Australian? I don't know. Her accent definitely suggests that maybe she's English but has spent time in Australia. Right. Yeah, that's fair. All right. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying to But she's our token Aussie. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, token Aussie. That's all right. Well, um, I think we should move on to Tahani Watch. Okay, I'm very excited about this. Um, Tahani Watch is an idea I had. It's a weekly update on the blurring line behind, between Tahani Al-Jamil and Jamila Jamil. So, sorry, Jamila Jamil. So as the series has progressed, the actress who plays Tahani has become more and more like Tahani and Tahani has become more and more like Jamil in terms of being less selfish. Um, and Jamil, Jamila has just, okay, I'll give you a list. Okay, There's a, definitely a blurring yeah. occurring. <laughs> that <Okay>. <laughs> so since the last season, Jamila was the muse for her music- musician boyfriend James Blake's new album. She worked with Instagram to change their diet products policy, and she wrote an essay for the British Vogue September issue themed Forces for Change, Ch- sorry, Forces for Change, edited by Megan, Duchess of Sussex, and she was one of the f- women featured on the cover. So I love I love how like Jamila is becoming more and more famous because in The Good Place, you know, they make jokes about Tahani having Princess Di as her godmother and then being friends with Goodwill, at, who is Prince Will. Yeah. Um, and, you know, now, like, Meghan Markle apparently calls her up and says, can you be on the front cover of this Vogue issue that I'm editing? And I just love that. <laughs> so um, I'm intrigued to what to what Jamila will get up to next week. Yes, I think, too, um, 
furthering that, I want to expand that to include Tahani's uh, rules for polite society. Okay. Um, so in previous episodes, we've seen her hat with afternoon gloves and with evening gloves. Yeah. Um, this episode, however, um, she definitely has uh, some very strong opinions about goatees. Goatees. Goatees, yes. Um, not a fan. She's not a fan. She doesn't believe men should wear them. No. Um, and is very distressed that Robert Downey Jr. went ahead with one. So, yeah, very despite glad. her trying to convince him otherwise. Convince him otherwise, correct. So that's my Tahani moment. That's okay. my Tahani watch, uh, contrasting your Tahani watch. I, something I realised <laughs> later, you know how she said she was listing, she was talking about how she used to play racquetball with people and she yeah. meant, did she mean that she played racquetball with Nelson Mandela? Yes. Okay. It took me a second to... <laughs> and Sir Patrick Stewart. I don't know who that is. Patrick Stewart. Yeah, he's that. I know the name. Is that a Star Trek thing? <laughs> I'm making goldfish face right now. I don't know how to respond. Um, yes, it's a Star Trek thing. Okay. <laughs> it's the long and short of that response. Uh, no, Patrick Stewart. <laughs> I was about to go. For a second, I was thinking Patrick Swayze. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, we're going to move on from Tahani Watch to posing the ethical question of the episode. Thoughts? Oh, <laughs> I didn't think there was one. Uh, look, I don't, there certainly wasn't a, an ethical lesson. Um, we didn't have our, we haven't started the new philosophy lessons that yeah. Chidi does. Yeah. But in terms of a central ethical thesis for the episode, I think it comes back to that, um, the premise of the whole series is, which is what do we owe each other? Mm. Um, and particularly in this instance, when faced with the least desirable people on the planet, um, what do we owe them if we if we can't connect with them? Mm. Do we owe them anything? And I think that was starting uh, to deep. challenge the characters. Yeah, especially you know, especially in the time when a lot of people are divided politically and, and yeah, in that for other reasons as well. Yeah, do we do we owe it to them to help them grow? Yeah, I guess we do. Why wouldn't we? I don't know. That's the question. Oh. This is why everyone hates moral philosophy professors. Right. But I think on the flip side of that too, um, the, the the central question that I'm starting to pick up, I think across that'll be repeating across this season, is are the original four, Eleanor Cheedy, Jason and Tahini, able Tahani? to... Tahani? I keep calling her Tahini. Oh, my God. <laughs> it is very close to Tahini. I'm so sorry. Tahani. Um, just, <laughs> it is Tahani. I, Tahani. It is I, Tahani. Um... <laughs> Is, is if they're able to sustain their growth and to continue to grow in the face of people who challenge them the most. Mm. And that was um, at the end of season three where um, Tahani <laughs> um, turns around and she says, you know, they haven't picked just the worst people for this experiment. They've picked the worst people for us. And so now that they're faced with these people and happening to help them, mm. um, are they able to continue to be good people or will they revert to who they were when we first met them in season one? Mm. So I don't think it's so much of a central ethical question for the episode, but it's more about laying the groundwork for the rest of the season's issues. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Now, what do you think was the most truthful quote in the season, in the episode? Oh, I hate being scared. It's scary. Now, when did Jason say that? He said it to um, Janet after he killed Derek and Janet was yelling at him. Ah. And he said, I did it because I was scared. I hate being scared. It's scary. And it's, and it's so true to me because when we are scared or when we feel threatened, we act out in irrational ways. Mm. Like, it is really irrational for Jason to turn around and kill someone. Mm. Like, it is so out of character for him to 
kill someone or want to hurt someone in that way. And mm. yes, he's Derek and he's not really a person. Mm. Um, but at the same time, that's a really, it's a pretty aggressive act for someone like Jason. Yeah. I th- I found Jason's look at that point when, when Derek, you know, came, came near the plunger and, and he was like, Mindy, no. And then he sees it's Jason and Jason just has this look of like, you're not messing with me. I, th- I think that's that's a Jason we've not seen before. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's what Jason's going to be facing across the season is is he he's in a scary situation where he has had some growth, mm. like not intellectual growth but mm. emotional growth, and he's now in uh, a potential to have a happy life. And mm. it's being threatened by this guy who seems more superior to him mm. or is able to do things that he can't do. And I think he's really, really challenged by that. So... For him to say, you know, I hate being scared, it's scary, Mm. is the most truthful thing he could possibly say because it acknowledges his own um, weakness, which Jason doesn't do very often. Show vulnerability? Yeah. Really? I don't think he acknowledges it very often. Like, he shows it and he says, you know, I'm really sad about Pillboy and I'm really sad about Donkey Dog. Yeah. But he, over the past season season yeah. three he definitely did a lot more particularly when he was um doing the episode with his dad and Pillboy. yeah but i don't think he often has the wherewithal to be able to identify it mm. um, or articulate it coherently yeah for, so for him to be so open about it was actually quite refreshing mm. i don't know that was my truthful quote what about you what was your truthful quote well i already used mine earlier when i said it, it wasn't really a quote, but just seeing how Simone reacted to thinking that she was just in the coma and was just pushing things over and <laughs> testing boundaries. Like, I thought that was really truthful. Yeah. I think I would do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very truthful moment. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, most Aussie thing of the episode. Not Simone's accent. Never Simone's accent. <laughs> Never. No. Um, I think that pushing people into pools because you can. A lot of Australians have pools. Yeah. <laughs> what I meant but sure yeah true well yeah well, it is a very Australian thing to to have a pool or to have a friend who has a pool or <laughs> to be somewhere around a pool and get pushed in uh, I love it yeah have you ever been pushed into a pool oh yeah frequently <laughs> I'm definitely the personality type that gets pushed into a pool <laughs> and also pushes people into pools Wendy yeah just I, FYI it's your Eleanor side of your personality correct I don't think there was a lot of most Aussie thing in this episode because we're still being introduced to everybody. Yeah. But I think once we settle in, we'll start to see Simone kind of blossom into her Australianness. All right, points calculator. Okay. Thoughts. Okay, I give Jason 5,000 points for wanting to rise above Derek's behaviour, but now I'm rethinking that because you convinced me that him killing Derek was a bad idea. Um, and then I removed 10 points from Brent for ordering a BLT because I... I just think you'd probably lose points for eating bacon. <laughs> in the good place? Well, I mean, if you're on earth and eating bacon, <laughs> I just think probably you lose points. That's fair. That's fair. I, no, I, I concur. Although BLT, I'm willing to risk the medium place for BLTs. It's bacon, lettuce, and tomato, right? Yeah. Okay. I don't eat a lot of bacon. <laughs> How are we friends, man? You don't know who Patrick Stewart is? You don't eat bacon? I know, I know who Nelson Mandela is. That's, that's, <laughs> that's really what matters, honestly. That's really what matters. No, I completely concur with you. I think Jason gets all of the points for mm. trying to rise mm. above it. He calls a truce with Derek. He really tries. He makes an effort. But then he loses all of those points because then he follows that up by killing Derek. And mm. sorry, dude. <laughs> um, I give Tahani five points 
for her royal blue dress. I really liked that dress at the party. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm a bit of a Tahani fashion watcher. Nice. I think that's fair. Good fashion choices. Always yeah, good fashion points. choices, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think the points will be interesting mm. because they're going to be they're going to be struggling. They're going to be struggling this season. Um, did you give or take away any points from Chidi? Did he do anything? He was pre- he was pretty good. He apologised for, for getting Eleanor's name, but maybe loses a point for forgetting it in the first place. But given that this was the first time he met her, yeah, in 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 this timeline, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, maybe he'd lose one point but gain ten points. Yeah, I think he was a bit brash with Simone, um, given that he was in the good place and he was like, "All right, I'm going over here now. I'm not dealing with this." I forgot what happened. There. Oh, she started. Ra- oh, Simone, bless her, cotton stuff. Yeah, she just randomly starts singing. Yeah, uh, the oh, song right. with her alarm <laughs> cock, yeah. and I was like, "What is happening? I love this so much because I would do that if I. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I would just start bursting into song because that is my ultimate dream is to have musical theater style." bursting into song walking down the street shit oh yeah me too yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i just i just lost track of chidi there because i was paying attention to the song and whether or not she was singing it with an australian accent which she wasn't she wasn't she but was, that's okay because yeah, the, yeah, yeah. she used to singing a song. she was kind of putting on an american accent which is a very australian thing to do when like when you're singing aussies will sing american songs yeah. with american accents definitely um i think janet too loses some points she's losing oh, her cool janet is evolving big time in terms of yeah she's not calm anymore she's She's got a real edge to her. Yeah. And I think, to my prediction for the season, mm. and they've kind of set it up really nicely, is that Janet's going to have uh, a collapse and the whole universe is going <gasps> to collapse. Oh, that would be crazy. I think it's. I think she's already queued it up. Mm. She said, you know, I'm, I'm juggling an awful lot of things and I can't deal with any of this. Mm. So I reckon she's going to have a... A moment. I, I noticed that when she was saying that speech of, like, you know, she was annoyed that Eleanor asked her to make a popcorn river. And then I noticed, like, Jason was eating popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> of course, Jason. <laughs> it's the most Jason thing to do. <laughs> That's true. So I think, you know, points calculator, we're a bit, I think we're a bit even keel at the moment. Mm. Nobody's really distinguished themselves in either direction. Although Brent yeah. continuously asking for BLTs definitely loses points. Ah, oh, he's losing points for all sorts of things. <laughs> yeah, for it. Just, the, okay, so the way that he was talking about metals and he would just like ignore um Eleanor and talk straight to t- um not Ted to Michael to Michael yeah. and Michael would be like I'm not a part of this <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be good I think it's uh yeah this season I'm really excited to see how it's going yeah um and but our final question for the episode is earth the good place or the bad place well uh, it's a bit of both Australia's in a bit of a drought so it's definitely got a touch of the bad place about it at the moment, but it's, politics has been very interesting to see this week. So depending on which side you vote for, um, a lot of people would think this was the good place this week. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think? Uh, I think Australia, Australia is struggles to be better than our leaders. That was really slow and diplomatic. I think overall, is mm. Earth a good place or a bad place? I think we're continuously ba- battling yeah. um, to the point where we're ne- neither one or the other. There's definitely parts that are definitely the bad place. There are parts that are that appear to be the good place, but yeah. maybe are just 5% under. <laughs> um, we're never going to hit the 104% place. perfect. No, 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 no. no. Um, just things like... Okay, I was thinking earlier this week that 
like big brown bears look so huggable. But if you were to hug them, they would tear you to shreds. And that's something that, you know, the demons would put in the good place to torture people because he's this thing that's like very appealing, but really mm-hmm. dangerous. Um, and, you know, like that's the, like koalas, man. They're yeah. super cuddly, but they've got chlamydia and will eat your face. And you also can barely ever find them. True. Yeah. 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 So they're, they're definitely a torture instrument. They're the Linda version of animals. Like they just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like a friend from overseas was asking me if I see koalas very often. And I, it was hard to explain. Well, occasionally you might see one in a tree, but it's kind of the same color as the tree and it doesn't do anything because it's sleeping. Um, it's not really... So it's like, you know, this this idea of this sweet fairy thing, but the reality is it's it's hard to find. It is. And also, you know, we're home to, what, 20 of the top 25 most venomous snakes or something and spiders, so, you know. Yeah, I constantly threaten to move to Ireland for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> or New Zealand. But also it rains 40 weeks out of the year in Ireland, so I don't know if that's a that's good true. New Zealand. New Zealand might be the good place. <laughs> might be the good place, definitely. That's it from us at Everything is Bonza. Listen to the latest episode on iTunes, SoundCloud, or via the website insidevoiceau.com. So that's Wendy and Amy signing off for this week. We'll see you all next week, you fart plumes. Uh, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> this has been an Inside Voice project.